I should have demanded more from him and recognized red flags. I needed to show more care and concern for the entirety of the situation and the people involved. I should have done more, and I am sorry for that. I did a poor job at Media Day. It's a big reason why we're here today. I was not being as complete and as accurate as I should have been at Media Day and afterward. But there is no intent to mislead. Those were Urban Meyer's prepared comments to the media after accepting his punishment for mishandling the allegations against Zach Smith. After 12 hours of deliberation from the Board of Trustees, Ohio State announced on Wednesday that Urban Meyer will be suspended from coaching games through Week 3 against TCU, but will be allowed to return to the practice field starting September 2nd, the day after Ohio State's opener against Oregon State. The school also published a 23-page summary of the independent investigation team's findings on Myers and athletic director Gene Smith's handling of the allegations against Zach Smith. Here to help us break it down is Steve Hellwagon of Bucknuts.com. Steve, you were on the scene outside of the Board of Trustees executive session from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. on Wednesday. Did you ever imagine it would be quite so long a day for you? No, Connor, I really did not. I was sitting there when it got there at 8.30 in the morning, actually, and I thought, well, maybe they'll talk about this for three hours and then render a decision early in the afternoon, and that would be that. But as the day wore on, it became more and more apparent that uh, they were really going through every inch of this, and there was obviously something contentious going on. They never really clarified how much Urban Meyer was involved or interacted with the group uh, if it was on a sporadic basis, if they'd bring him in to answer a question or whatever or to discuss the sanctions or whatever it was. But it's obvious that there was some wrangling uh, either between the group or with uh, Coach Meyer to try and get uh, the penalties lessened or, or maybe to push for harder penalties. I don't even know, but uh, they arrived at three games uh, for him, and uh, now I figure that that is uh, probably about right, given uh, the totality of the report and everything that was in there. Uh, seems like uh, there had to be something of of note. Uh, it's interesting that you know you listen to the national networks after it's over, and it's a scathing rebuke of Ohio State and Urban Meyer. Then you get on Twitter and you look at the Ohio State fans, and they're mad at the president. Michael Drake uh, capitulated uh, to the PR masses out there and and threw the book at their coach. So you can't make everybody happy in this instance. I think that's uh, that's kind of what we saw. For all of the new stuff that's come up over the past month and all of the salacious details in the 23-page summary Ohio State put out, it seems like it ultimately all came back to the original question of what did Urban Meyer know about the 2015 incident? When did he know about it? And what, if anything, did he do about it? Did it not? Yeah, I think so. I think that it was uh, obvious that he had knowledge of, of what happened in 2015 and uh he had been involved in, in at least uh, discussing that matter with the athletic director, Gene Smith, and, uh, you know, did they push it to the proper channels? I'm not sure. Um, I just think that, uh, again, you he was basically, uh, he was prosecuted, Meyer was, because he didn't have a firm enough grasp on Zach Smith. And I think also just the fact that he brought Zach Smith to Ohio State in 2012, knowing that he'd had a previous uh, situation in 2009 
and uh, neither he nor Zach Smith disclosed that, according to uh, Gene Smith. That was not something that was discussed that needed to be discussed uh, when they brought him into Ohio State. So uh, he had never been convicted or charged of a crime, and yet he'd been accused of something pretty serious in the time of Florida. And obviously, uh, you know, Meyer was dealing with somebody he just simply could not control. And uh, eventually it is uh, what kind of landed him in this position, I guess. A key point that was singled out by the investigative team was that though Urban Meyer and Gene Smith failed to report the allegations against Zach Smith to the Title IX office, they did so out of a misunderstanding of their requirements triggering reporting obligations, not out of an attempt to cover up the allegations. Uh, critics are pointing to this conclusion as an area where maybe Ohio State massaged some of the facts or conclusions to get the outcome that they wanted. What, what's your take on that? Well, um, they spent three weeks. Uh, they went through 60,000 pieces of email and texts and talked to 40 people. So uh, they talked about it for 10 or 12 hours yesterday. So I think the finding is what the finding was. I think that's that they came to the conclusion that uh, a reasonable person would come to is what I would say to that, based on everything that they uh, had at their disposal, all this uh, texts and emails and everything else. So, yeah, I don't know how to respond to that other than I, I can't see that anybody could say this was not thorough. I mean, in a two-week period that they worked on it directly, the, the law firm, I mean, they... <laughs> They went through a lot of stuff in a short period of time and came back with uh, what they had. So, you know, I think that that, honestly, I think there's a lot of gray area that has been involved in this and that, uh, you know, you did this, but you should have done that. And uh, a lot of assumption, I guess, that uh, everybody who uh, works there understands the procedures and everything else as well. But, uh you know, I just think at the end of the day, it was it was just it was the totality of the entire situation. And as I said, some people are happy, some people aren't uh, with the sanctions. And you know, I guess the best thing about this is that they've got uh, closure finally. Although, even as I was driving home last night, people were wondering what else could possibly be out there. But uh, it looks to me like. Uh, that episode is going to be behind them, and obviously they're getting ready for the uh, the upcoming season. The time, the time stamp on this was uh, what it was, I guess. I, I I don't know how to respond other than they they put the time in, they did the interviews, they looked at the evidence, and they came back with what they came back with. There's a lot of focus on Urban Meyer's response to a couple a couple of his responses, but one of them uh, was whether he felt his suspension was deserved, and he said, "I trust and support our president." Do you think Urban Meyer is mad about this, or was he just given a canned line so he didn't step in anything else like he did at media days? That is a great question. I think uh, we posted the video, obviously, at BuckNuts.com, and uh, you can view it and think for yourself on that. But uh, my feeling is, yes, he's not happy. He's very much displeased by the way that this uh, came out. Uh, he probably feels like the university left him twisting in the wind. You could tell at the end of the day when they finally had the press conference from his body language, he was upset. 
Uh, he had been through the ringer, looked like a defeated man. His wings have been clipped. He's been publicly flogged. Uh, yeah, all of that. Uh, just uh, very difficult. Uh, I think uh, Dan Walken from, uh, I believe, is he Sports Illustrated or USA Today? Uh, one of the sites. Yeah. Oh, USA. Thank you. Um, I think he made the point this was the lowest point in Urban Meyer's coaching career. And I, I don't think. Uh, He's far off with that. Uh, you brought up the response to should he been suspended. I think the thing ended with what would he say to uh, Courtney Smith, and he said he felt bad for everybody involved to the, that we ended up in this situation. Nobody at any point uh, in the entire 30-minute press conference ever had any words of sympathy for Courtney Smith. Now, you may say she has no credibility. With, I mean, I'll have determined during the course of this, and I'm not going to victim shame in any way shape or form but at some point there should have been you would think a cursory uh, uh i guess acknowledgement of her and the children who've been kind of caught in the middle of this whole thing and, and it's an untenable situation certainly uh, for that family and it's very unfortunate all of their dirty laundry has been uh, aired but uh yeah, just a couple times you were left a scratch in your head that uh, he was didn't even seem like he was trying to put a good face on this, and uh, you know that's a, a lasting memory that people are going to take from it. Given all of the you know mental energy put toward getting through this debacle, and then all of the attention that's going to continue to be paid to the team for for this reason, not football reasons. Do you think that? You know, when Urban Meyer does eventually come back in, in, in week four, is this something that's going to take a mental toll on the team, or is it something that they're going to be able to, you know, put behind them and focus on the season once once things kind of get back to normal? That is a tremendous question, and I don't think we have the answer to that today. I think it could take an adverse effect. And I, you look at the schedule, the way it sets up, they play uh, Oregon State, who was 1-11, and Rutgers, who I believe won four games last year, before getting into a TCU, which is in the preseason AP top 20, I think at number 16. So you've got uh, a gradual ramp up uh, in challenges. And uh, Ryan Day will be the acting head coach. And I think the one thing that you can say is that the college kids who are on the team, uh, they understand that uh, they each need to do their job and put the best work in every day that they possibly can uh, to uh, to prepare uh, for the season. I think the issue is you do not have Urban Meyer as part and parcel of any of this through the TCU game, uh, at least on the sideline, I guess, during the game. I think uh, beginning after the Oregon State, this was kind of intricate the way that they, they did this. He has not been with the team in the first three weeks of preseason camp. He will not be with them until after the Oregon State game. He'll be able to come into practice the day after that game, but he'll only be there for practice for those two weeks. They'll play the next two games, Rutgers and TCU, without him. Then he will be back on the sideline finally week four against Tulane, and everybody knows uh, week five is pretty much the game of the year at Penn State, September the 29th, I believe is the date. So, uh, that's kind of the timeline. This month of September is really going to tell you a whole lot 
uh, whether or not this team is going to play uh, for the Big Ten Championship or the National Championship. TCU and Penn State are two of the tougher games on the schedule, both away from Columbus. So I agree with the assertion that this could have an adverse impact because, you know, as good as Ryan Day may be and the staff that's behind, this isn't over a mile preparing this team. This is other people preparing this team or leading the preparation, I guess I should say, uh, for the season. And are they going to be prepared? I think that's a tremendous question. And I guess we'll find out beginning when they play Oregon State, if it looks like a sharp outfit, then say, well, they got a chance to overcome this if they get in there and they're turning the ball over, making mistakes, not finishing plays and everything else. And you say, well, you know, they didn't have Urban as the overseer here, then uh, you just wonder, is this going to lead to a loss at some point? Steve Hellwagon covers Ohio State for Bucknuts.com. You can find him on Twitter at Steve Hellwagon. Thanks, Steve. All right, Kurt. Take care. The Morning Blitz is a daily podcast, so we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning breaking down the biggest college football stories of the day in a tidy 10 to 15-minute package. You can subscribe to The Morning Blitz on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.